Hello, good morning. It is Friday the 28th of October. I've been slipping on the Bible study live. I'm going to give you guys full transparency. I've been so overwhelmed with launching uh, the new texting platform and now the new CRM platform that um, I have allowed it to take over things that are more important like this. So uh, here I am back in action and I'm blocking it off my calendar next week so that I don't miss a day of Bible study live with you guys. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for being with me. Uh, I love you and appreciate you. So today we're going to talk about something interesting. So um, I've, I've noticed lately a lot of conversations that people are having where people are asking a specific question. And I think we all see this notoriously with politicians, don't we? Where someone asks a question <clears throat> and then the, the person answering is, it's like they're answering a completely different question, right? Uh, where like they get asked, you know, um, hey, why, why are gas prices so high? It's like, well, you know, let's talk about the war over here, right? I mean, that just happens, right? Um, but can I tell you that that's not new? Um, as a matter of fact, it's also not unique to people who are um, political. As a matter of fact, there is a, an amazing scripture, and I was listening to the Bama podcast, and they pointed out something that just never caught my attention in John chapter 21. So we're going to read John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17, and we're going to talk about this dialogue that's going on between Jesus and Peter. And uh, let's see here, what version do we have? Today we're gonna read for the New International Version. Now, before I get rolling, here's the deal. Uh, the whole purpose behind me doing this Bible study live is to create conversation without condemnation. I want you to feel safe to disagree with me. I want you to feel safe enough to, to say, you know what, I've got to get in my Bible and check this out because I don't know that I agree with what you said, Matt. Or I want you to, it, it's my hope that you'll be able to go, you know, this is this is a perspective I hadn't considered. Uh, this is worth wrestling with, right? I, I truly believe the only way that our faith gets strengthened is when we when we wrestle with things, when we when we know why we believe what we believe. And so the only way to do that, to know why we believe what we believe, is to get a little dirty, get in the mud, and wrestle with the scriptures. Um, listen, you don't have to be some sort of scholar uh, to understand how God's word works. But there are certain things that are, uh, you know, text in context that we need to understand. There are cert certain linguistic things that, that will give us a better understanding. I believe God's word is, is holy and inspired, and uh, God's going to speak to us whether... We have some, you know, scholarly literary background or not. So let me be crystal clear about that part. Uh, but that being said, I think that there's a lot to learn as we grow in our faith. You know, I, I hear people go, well, I just, I, you know, I just read the Bible and whatever it says in the Bible, that's, that's the truth. But it's like, but you realize you're reading something someone translated and you don't even understand anything about the nuances of language, right? So like, if I don't understand certain... Uh, cultural things or certain nuances um, everything I read I'm framing into the context of the 21st century and that's not when this these books were written see the Bible means book holy Bible means holy book but the Bible isn't one book it's a collection of stories some descriptive stories in there to, to help us see how others lived and learn from their lives some prescriptive things that are specifically meant for all believers in all the world, right? And so it's, it's a, the Bible is a beautiful opportunity. Um, 
with a collection of stories that we can learn from. That being said, today we're going to look at a story that often is referred to as the redemption of Peter, right? Uh, and it's John chapter 21. And we're just going to read verses 15 through 17 really quick, and then we're going to, we're going to break them down. Um, but like I said, whole idea behind Bible Study Live, to create some conversation without condemnation. We're not going to agree on everything, and that's okay. But we're not going to argue about it. Uh, this is me wrestling through some questions out loud that will hopefully spark some new questions and ideas for you. So let's get started. By the way, today we're just going to read from the New International Version. That's what popped up by default on Bible Gateway. And so here we go. All right. Now notice uh, a couple things. Chapters, verses, numbers. Those were not in the original manuscripts. They're really for our reference to be able to find stuff. Things like this title, Jesus Reinstates Peter. Also not in the uh, Septuagint or the Textus Receptus. It's not in there. In, in that either. Uh, those are, again, tr the translators do this, so we have, uh, they're trying to give the overarching idea behind the passage. And this is an interesting one. So here we go, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Now, uh, backtrack uh, real quick before we do this. Now, uh, this is, you know, Jesus is, is resurrected this dialogue is taking place um if you recall before the crucifixion if you've been following along in the story before the crucifixion uh G peter's like i'm never gonna leave you i'm never gonna leave you and jesus is like uh actually bro for the rooster crows you're gonna deny me three times no i won't and what happens he does right so now that's why this is called like jesus reinstates peter because there's the the three times peter denied him and people look at this and say this is three times that peter said i love you i love you <coughs> Ooh, god bless me uh but this is like so people look at this and go peter goes oh i love you i love you i love you so that's him but but we're gonna look at something that you may not know today so anyways so he says Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. So Jesus says, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, are you ready to have maybe your mind blown in a way that you had not previously had your mind blown before? Uh, because mine was. I was listening to the, the guys from Bema, which, by the way, are so amazing. And um, and they pointed out something, and this is how I know I've been slacking on my Greek and Hebrew as of late. Uh, it's because they pointed out something that I should have known, uh, and I would have known had I been uh, getting into my my greek and or hebrew recently uh but greek in this case um and that is that the words that jesus asked peter peter did not answer back with the same words uh so what i want to do is show you guys some of the greek language here so um we're looking at bible study tools here so uh in verse 15 so when they finished breakfast jesus said to simon peter simon son of john do you love me more than these the word used for love here that jesus asks is agapa okay let's look at what this means um so definition to be fond of to love dearly okay so jesus says to simon peter do you love me dearly and he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But the word Simon Peter uses here for love, <clears throat> this is an interesting one. The, the word that Simon Peter uses for love 
is phileo. Look what this means. To approve of, to like, to sanction, to treat affectionately. Now, this is an interesting thing because Jesus says to Simon, Simon, do you, like, do you really love me? And Simon goes, bro, you know I like you. Now, pause. See, we're, we're talking about this reinstatement of Simon Peter. Now, full disclosure, uh, some biblical scholars say, hey, this is just John's stylistic writing. You know, the words are interchangeable. Well, actually, if you look at the Greek words, agapo and phileo do not mean the same thing. And the stylistic argument, the reason that I do not align with that or believe that that is a good argument here for this passage is because it's the same story. Like, I would understand that argument if John were telling the story of, of you know, whatever, of God loving the world and using one word and of uh, somebody loving somebody and using another word, right? Like God, agapes, and so-and-so, phileos. If there were two different stories, the stylistic argument would make sense. But this is in the same story, and I think there is a deeper point here. I don't think, personally... While there, this may be a story of redemption for Peter, I don't think it's redemption because of he asked three times and he said three times, and that overcame the three times he denied. And maybe it does in a, in a little way because Peter said, I don't even know the guy before, and, and now Jesus is like, do you love me? And he's like, yeah, you know, I like you. You know, I got your back. You know, I sanction you. You know, I approve of you. Literally, the word Peter uses in response to Jesus saying, do you love me? And, and using a powerful word about do you dearly love me? Peter's response is, I approve of you. You know I like you. Like, you know I'm team Jesus. Whew. Well, let's look at the second time, because maybe that's just then the first time that Jesus asks him, and maybe, maybe that shifts. So let's keep going. So verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you, and I'm going to close all these, so you don't think I'd like, you know, point you to the wrong one. So let's just say, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Okay, we're going to open that new tab. What love is that? Oh, again, do you love Love me dearly. Are you fond of me? Do you love me dearly? Do you welcome me into your life, right? And how does Peter respond? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I, wait a minute, you know that I approve of you and like you and sanction you and I treat you affectionately. I've, I've befriended you. Whew. Okay, well, maybe the third time's a charm, right? So he says to the third time, Simon Peter, do you love me? Wait a minute. Jesus now is saying, do you approve of me? Do you sanction me? Why would Jesus ask that? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I befriend you, approve of you. I'm fond of you. Hmm. Let's talk about the deeper possible meaning behind this. So let's just set the stage. Here they are talking. Jesus is resurrected, right? And he's having this conversation. He says, Simon, do you fondly love me? And Simon responds, come on, you know, you know I'm with you, man. You know, you, you know I got you. I'll, I, of course, we're close. We're, we're good friends. You know, you know I, I like you and approve of you. Great, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Hey, Simon, but, but do, you, do you love me, though? Come on, man, of course. You know how fond I am of you? You know how much I care about you? Come on. You know it. You like me. I like you. You know I like you. 
So then the third time, Jesus actually changes the word he uses for love. And he says, Simon Peter. And this is the crazy part because we, you know, it's eisegesis. We don't know the tone. It's not really punctuation, right? But after two times of going, do you love me dearly? And Simon Peter responding with, you know, we're bros. You know, I care about you. Then the third time, Jesus goes, hey, Simon, do you care about me, though? Do you phileo me? Do you, do you approve of me? Do you welcome me? Do, do you like me? See, Jesus first was asking him, do you, do you love me dearly? To which Simon responds, I like you. I approve of you. I think of you fondly. So then the third time, the last time, it's like Jesus says, you know, it, it's like, man, it's like if you're, if you're in a, a relationship, a marriage relationship, and I, I, you know, I, I, as I'm thinking out loud here and I picture this, you know, for Simon to deny him three times as Jesus is going to the cross, I picture like this covenant broken. Oof, that's so heavy. Like, here's Jesus laying his life down for his friends, for the people he loves, for the world. And the response he got from someone who was supposed to love him back was, I don't even know who you are. I don't know that guy. I have no idea who he is. How crushing must that have been for Jesus? So here, so in the covenant relationship, we always see marriage covenant used often. Now they're back together. They're having this conversation. Jesus is going, listen, do, do you love me? Do you, after all, like, do you love me? Really? And the response he's getting from someone who's supposed to passionately love him back is, listen, we're good. It's good, man. It's good. You know how I feel about that. But do you love me? Do you really? Yeah, come on. You know. You know. You're welcome here. Now imagine that in a spousal relationship. If you and your spouse, you, you had a blowout. And, man, you were separated for whatever reason. And then you, you get back together to talk. And you say, listen, I'm here because I love you. Do you love me? And they go, listen, I, you know how I feel. I, you know I care about you. No, but do you, do you dearly love me? Oh, I mean, obviously you're here. You're welcome. You know I like you. You know I'm a, I approve of you. How would that hit you as someone who's given everything you've got? When we read the scriptures, like I try and put myself in the place of, of all the people in the dialogue and, and to be in the place of Jesus who just went through this excruciating death and has come back to see the people who are supposed to be the ones who love him the most and to get that kind of response. It's like heartbreaking. It's like, what? What? Whew. Like the weight of that brings tears to my eyes. And then Jesus' response, it, it, it almost hurts worse to think about because then his response to Simon Peter is, Peter, do you approve of me? Do you? Like, do you like me? And to me, when I read that, I'm like, wow. Like, how overwhelming is that? To go from asking somebody, do you dearly love me to, do you like me? It's like, do you at least like me? It's, it's almost like Jesus 
and again, I'm just, I'm wrestling with this, but when I read this, it feels so much almost like he's restarting the relationship with Simon Peter. Kind of like this covenant was broken. Simon said, I got nothing to do with that guy. And Jesus comes back to this, to Peter, Petros, the, the, the rebel, <laughs> the, the pebbles, the little stones, right? The rock, as we say. But it's interesting. It's, anyways, whole different Bible study life, but it's actually maybe it's a big part of the man that he is. But, um, but then he comes back to this, this stone, this stony, rocky guy, this tough guy who's, who's supposed to be a leader in the, in the, in the way. And Peter's response to him is, you know I like you. And it's almost, when I read this, like watching a, one spouse say to the other, like just have that moment of, I guess we're starting over. And he goes, okay, Simon, son of John, do you phileo me? Do you approve of me? Do you like me? And it says, Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Now let's look one more time at uh, good old Pete and this. Um, he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. <sighs> so what do we learn from this? I don't know. Maybe nothing. Just kidding. I think we've learned something. Because then Jesus says, feed my sheep. Whew. Okay. So in John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17, here's what stands out to me today. Is I think the question that Jesus asked Simon Peter, I think he's, he's still asking that question of you and I today. Do you truly love me? Do you agape me? Agape me. Can't say it, right? Do you that Greek word, A-G-A-P-A-O-H me? Do you? Do you? Do you really? Do you truly love me? And I think like Simon Peter on that day, many of us respond back through our actions and our words and our choices. You know I'm team Jesus and I really like you a lot. You know I'll say a word that could also mean love, but it's not the same as the one you're asking me. Hmm. You know, if I were to lay my life down for somebody and their response was, man, what a good dude. I liked him. It would, it would break my heart. And I think that we get stories like this so that we can get that understanding. You know, God loves us so much that Jesus agreed to step down from heaven, step through the veil, if you will, into our world, go through temptation, go through feeling physical pain and fatigue and hardship, uh, rejection, rebuke, betrayal by those closest to him. Jesus experienced all the, that hurt and then something that we'll never relate to. Then he was beaten and stripped and humiliated and nailed to a cross. And he did all that to show, I love you guys. 
And we see his closest confidant, Peter, after seeing all of it, when asked, do you dearly love me? Respond with, we're bros. You know we're bros. And then Jesus, on the third time, goes, are we bros? Do you like me? Do you approve of me, Peter? And when Peter says yes, he goes, then feed my sheep. I think there's some great takeaways here. One, Jesus still wants us to love him dearly. He's still asking the question. Two, I think many of us are not responding, yeah, I agape you. I think many of us are responding, yeah, I phileo you. We're bros. I'm team Jesus. But here's the cool life lesson in all of this. There's a couple. One, Jesus gave Peter another chance. He came back after the resurrection, after Peter denied him. He went back to him going, hey, man, here I am. Do you love me? He's still asking. He didn't give up on Peter's love. I think that's a beautiful thing. But you know what the other great thing is? Even as Jesus shifts the dialogue in that last question to go, do you like me, Peter? Even when Peter's response was, yeah, I like you. And Peter didn't respond back going, yes, no, I, I dearly love you. Even though Peter's response was still not all the way head over heels, God, I love you, Jesus. Jesus still said, okay, well then feed my sheep. Feed my people. Why should that be encouraging? Because, man, I'm not there. I'm on a journey still. I haven't, I haven't reached some pinnacle of faith where I've got it all figured out. I still drop the ball. I still make dumb choices. I still have temptations. And I'm sure there are days that Jesus goes, Matt, but do you really love me? Because the way you're acting seems like you're, you're on the team, but you're not stepping on the field. Yet, in spite of that, I still want to invite you to play. See, even in spite of Peter not going, you know, I've realized the error of my ways and I'm fully and holy, head over heels. Uh, I love you with all I've got, Jesus. Even though Peter didn't respond that way, Jesus said, hey, I still want you to, I still want you to walk through this with me. I still want you to feed my sheep. I still want you to, I still want you on the team, Peter. Even though you're not, you're not maybe where you should be fully yet. I still want you on this team. And it's a beautiful thing because later we will see Peter step up and become the man God created him to be and become the leader that Jesus knew he would be. You know, in Jewish culture, uh, a rabbi, how good a rabbi was, um, was determined by uh, if their students would become greater than them, like to do greater things, which in the Hebrew culture, if you would know that a little bit um it makes more sense when when jesus said hey i'm going to be leaving you know about it, when he's talking about miracles and all that stuff and he's like you're going to be able to do greater things than me now he didn't mean some individual was going to be better than him or bring salvation to the world right some people get confused i, I think christians read that and they're like oh that must mean i go save people no you ain't saving nobody you can't jesus is the only one that saves you can point people to him you're welcome there you go life hack Stop trying to rescue people. Amen met Jesus. He's the rescuer. I digress. When Jesus made the comment about his followers doing greater things than him, okay, he was 
when on earth he was fully man. So, yes, there was a ripple. Yes, there were lives affected thousands, millions, billions now, right? But Jesus himself could only touch so many people while he was on earth in skin. And so as a, from a rabbinical perspective, which everybody referred to him as a rabbi, teacher, right? His followers. So for him to make the statement, you'll do greater things, he was saying, look, as a rabbi, I'm going to, I'm going to equip you to make a, a larger impact here with these words of mine. I'm going to teach you how to carry them to a broader audience, to more people, to the world. And the reason that's so significant is because it was also proof that Jesus was the ultimate rabbi, the ultimate teacher here on earth of God's word. Because his students would go out and do bigger things on the planet. If you look at all the other rabbis, the yoke that they had their students carry, like none of them have had the impact of the, of the teachings that, that Jesus brought. Pretty powerful stuff. So here's the deal. Today, Jesus is still asking you, do you agape? Do you, do you love me dearly? And the question for you, the challenge I want to pose to you is take an honest assessment of where you're at and how you answer. Are you like, yeah, we're homies. Right? Jesus is my homeboy, t-shirt, that meme. Or are you saying, I got pay you back. I would lay my life down for you too. I am all in. You are my everything. That's something we should all wrestle with. I know there are days where I feel like I'm all in. And then there are days that I go, if I were to stop and think, I would say my actions show that I, I'm definitely being more of a friend than a, than a committed I want to encourage you and challenge you. No matter where you're at in this journey, Jesus wants you on the team. He loves you. God has a plan for you, and that's why you are breathing. Now, ask him what the plan is. Make the commitment to not just be a friend of Jesus, but be a committed follower, a disciple, a committed student of Jesus. Learn his ways. Realize that his love for you, like it was for Peter, is unconditional. He loves you no matter what, no matter who you are, no matter what mistakes you've made. His love doesn't go away. But the beautiful thing about him is he loves us enough too to give us a little poke and prod when we're going the wrong direction. He loves us enough to rebuke us when we need it. He loves us enough to say, hey, there's more for you. Will we be like Peter when he says, do you love me? Will we respond with, I like you? Do you love me? I like you. Do you love me? Come on, you know I like you. Do you like me? Yeah, you know I like you. Well, still on the team. Choice is yours, my friend. I love the fact that we got free will. May I encourage you, choose Jesus. Choose his way. Choose to accept his love and choose to love him back fully. I promise you it'll be the best decision you make. And if you're a father, a mother, a husband, a wife, a child, <laughs> we're all children of somebody, a, a boss, an employee, a student, wh whoever you are, whatever, whatever you are a child of God, whatever role you're in in this earthly life, just know that becoming a follower of Jesus and following his way will make a positive ripple in the world for everyone you encounter, even if at first it doesn't feel like it because it's confusing to others and they don't know why you've decided, why are you on the Jesus train, whatever. 
it is going to change your heart in a way that you have a love that you have never experienced before. And uh, as, as my friend, Pastor Jeff Knight out in Washington, I love you, BJ, uh, I think his dad is the one that said this to him. He said, water can't flow through a pipe without it getting wet. You start living the way of Jesus. You start being generous like Jesus. You start loving people like Jesus. There's no way that can't affect you too. There you go. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May, may his angels just create a, a campground around you, a fortress, a wall to protect you from evil, illness, pain, hurt, and suffering. May he just, may he show himself to you in a way that is undeniable. I love you guys. I appreciate you. And uh, more importantly, God loves you even more. So no matter where you're at in this journey, you're just one moment away from making the choice to walk with Jesus a little bit closer. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, I promise that uh, this is going on the calendar next week so that I don't allow work stuff to overwhelm me and pull me out of pocket. Uh, I hope that this has been enjoyable for you. If it has, would you share it with somebody? Uh, if it hasn't, leave a comment. Let me know. And look, uh, if you're in the United States and you need a physical Bible, uh, drop me a message on whatever social media channel you're watching this on, and uh, my wife and I will go on Amazon and we'll get you one. Just send us your name, address, and phone number. Got to be in the United States. No, you're not going to be added to some mailing list or anything we're going to try and sell you or any of that crap. Um, we'll just go on Amazon and, and ship a Bible to you. The whole purpose behind getting your name, address, and phone is so that Amazon can know where to deliver your Bible and who to call if they can't find the place. So there you go. Thanks again for tuning in. Now go out there and make your day. Yeah. Hopefully someone else's.